I saw so with a lot of strangers, okay? Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. The funeral is about to begin. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, a total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone and as such, we're rating these movies with the perspective we've gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris and I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week I'm joined by the Superfly Space Guy Mac. Hola, muchachos. The Girl Ever Alexis. Hey, everyone. The Carol the Creeper Ryan. Hiya. And the Scream Queen Paris. Hey, sweets. This week we're looking at the first entry in a cult classic franchise, an independent sci fi horror film that was bookended by the likes of Halloween and Alien, and has steadily grown in popularity in the years since. In fact, it's made many appearances in lists ranking the scariest and most iconic horror films of all time. But before we give up the goods, we have some follow-up. We do have some follow-up, Chris. We recently reviewed one of my favorite horror movies, Final Destination 2, and our team was actually split down the middle. Now, Mac wasn't here that week, but Mac, Final Destination 2, hack or slash? I give the entire franchise a hack. Oh, wow. Okay, this was unexpected. That is more brutal than the pileup in that movie. Whole franchise at once? The whole franchise. Reading more into coincidence, whether it's in a movie or in real life, is just so ridiculous. Well, like I said, Mac wasn't here that week, but we wanted to know how you feel. Uh, So we reached out on Twitter and Instagram. Fittingly enough, an ominous 13% hacked this film, while 87% gave it a slash. And that just brings me joy. Because this is one of my favorite franchises, Mac Be Damned. We had a lot of comments uh, reaching out to us. Really, the overall theme of the comments was just the opening scene and how impactful it was. We have a comment from Dan who said that the opening scene was enough for me. We have Tristan telling us that thanks to this film, I now have severe anxiety when driving on the interstate. And actually, this week we also have a voicemail from the Hacker Slash Hotline. This message comes to us from one of our patrons, Gwen. Uh, Chris, roll the tape. Hey guys, this is Gwen. I'm calling about Final Destination 2. Just listen to that podcast. That was my favorite of all the Final Destination movies. Um, that pile up was incredibly terrifying. Very well done. The subsequent deaths may be, you know, a little far-fetched, but I guess that's kind of the point. You know, see how far death will go to reclaim those lives. I, that's the toss-up between the log coming through the windshield and killing the cop and the PVZ pipe killing cat. Both of those, you know, they're both in the driver's seat, and I've got this fear of driving behind any vehicles that, you know, carrying any pipes or ladders or logs. (laughs) So this one was obviously a definite slash for me. Tony Todd is so good at being terrifying. Certainly looking forward to the new Candyman once that is finally released. And looking forward to the next podcast, too. You guys are great. Love to all. Bye-bye. Wow, shout out to Gwen. I love that. Also looking forward to Candyman. Um, knock on wood if it freaking ever comes out this year. <laughs> hey, AMC did, did reopen and I will watch Candyman and scream with my mask on, okay? Really? We're going to watch a movie with our mask on. I was speaking for myself. Y'all do you? Well, I love what Gwen said about seeing how far death will go to reclaim those lives because that really captures the essence of the franchise. And also just imagining death out here, like, reclaiming my lives, reclaiming my lives. I would like to note that uh, those 13 people that responded should be careful in case they mess up the order that things are meant to happen in the universe. Um, They're now in a list and should uh, take that very seriously, okay? 
To be clear, it's not our list. We have nothing to do with this. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent call out nonetheless. Anyway, if you'd like to hear your comments on our next episode, reach out to us on social media or call the hacker slash hotline at 757-606-0128. And that's our follow up. All right. Now, this week's film is a true testament to what can be achieved with a little bit of help from your friends and family. The premise for this 1979 film came to its creator in a dream. And in the course of over a year, many Friday gear rentals, and several months of post-production, Don Coscarelli weaved together a tale. And that was a tale of a young boy not only coping with the death of his parents and the confrontation of mortality, but also enlisting the aid of his older brother in hopes of vanquishing a sinister man who appears to be raising the dead. This week, we're talking about Phantasm. Now, who among you has seen this movie before? Obviously, I haven't seen this movie. (laughs) I look straight at Mac because um, I never even heard of this movie. I've only seen, like, I think a couple scenes from some of the Phantasm films, but I've actually never watched this movie. Same. Never saw it. Never heard of it. uh, Had no idea it existed until now. I hadn't either. I mean, this is another one of those classics that I've heard a lot about throughout my life, but never saw into this episode. The only familiarity I had, I don't even know how I got to this point, but I saw a pretty great artwork of the villain himself. Knowing there's a cool sphere that whizzes around killing people, and it has like this incredible theme song. Now, it's so great, in fact, that it's been on my creepy work playlist without having ever seen the movie. Have I told you guys about my creepy work playlist? I've heard about it. Sounds creepy. So for those unfamiliar, I listen to horror movie soundtracks while I'm working. And it keeps me feeling productive and sometimes also to fall asleep. I understand that this is weird. So on brand, it's truly unbearable. It's it's really me. It should come as no surprise to anybody listening. Honestly. No surprise, but I'm also questioning your sanity right now. A little bit. The musicians behind these scores are brilliant and deserve to be listened to over and over again. But that being said, since no one here had fully seen the movies, what were you folks expecting? Honestly, I had no idea what to expect with this one. I was thinking from the name, it was some sort of fantasy. Um, I didn't watch the trailer, nor did I read the description before I watched this. So I was just kind of like going into a blind. I was like, I don't know, maybe it's some sort of fantasy. I wasn't even thinking sci-fi. I was just thinking some return to Neverland sort of horror mix sort of thing. (laughs) For me, I think uh, I did end up reading a little bit of the description because sometimes I'm just like, I need to know something when I go into these uh, 80s films, which is very against my brand. But I was expecting sci-fi and fun. And that's like, I I don't know. I don't even know how to respond to if I got that or not. (laughs) But that's definitely what I went in thinking like, I'm expecting some weird stuff because of the images that they used to uh, advertise this film. And then it just seemed like it was going to be a wild ride. I was expecting a wild ride. My memories of Phantasm were just from a couple of the scenes I've seen over the years, like while flipping through channels. And I remember the cool, like killer metallic ball things like floating around. And so I was expecting some cool stuff with that. I didn't know that there was like a central character or anything important other than that happening. So it was kind of interesting to see a little bit more of the depth of the of the franchise. Similarly to Alexis, I really just had the name to go off of for this movie. Uh, so I was thinking like Phantasm, like maybe ghosts. Uh, I'm getting like images of like magicians. So maybe some kind of magical element. Um, and then I saw that it was horror slash sci-fi. And I was like, huh, my boyfriend loves sci-fi. So I invited him to watch this with me. Indeed. I expected this to... Uh to be stellar based on how high it's regarded. It's one of those that I've always heard good things about and never a single bad thing. 
knowing where we were in terms of quality of movies in the 70s, I felt like even if something in this movie felt slow, I expected it to be compelling enough to really just make up for it. I expected some intense kills, some a really menacing villain, and I have a track record of really appreciating old horror, so I felt like this was going to be an automatic slam dunk for me, if that makes sense. For the first time in a long time, though, I was confused. So I watched it again, and I was still confused. So I gave it some time. I gave it a few days. I revisited it. I consulted the internet on some things, and still I was confused. Now, I've sorted out the big things. Don't get me wrong. So I know what we're talking about tonight. I I figured out the big things that got to me, but overall, it was a perplexing experience, more so than I think it maybe should have been. But how were you folks feeling? Just to be clear, Chris, you watched this three times this week? Three times this week. Bless you. It's free on Tubi, so it didn't cost me anything but my time. (laughs) It's okay, because I felt the same way. Although I felt this is like super suspenseful for me. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like super entertaining from the beginning, um, from the first scene. I was just like, oh, wow, this is like great, entertaining. Um, But yes, I was very perplexed would be a very good uh, word to describe this. I watched this uh, just the one time, but while watching it, I was bored. I was very bored. There were long periods of time where nothing was really happening that I could tell. uh, And I was also confused. So that's that's what I got. Let me tell you. It makes me so happy when Chris says she's confused because look, I consider myself a very intelligent person. I don't know how I sound on the podcast, but I feel like I'm smart. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't come off that way. But like when I don't understand a movie, it just makes me feel like, like, am I, was I paying attention first? Okay. First and foremost, when you don't understand a movie, were you paying attention? Okay. Very important. Cause a lot of times people are not. And I was. And then the next thing I go to is, is it because I'm dumb? <laughs> and the answer here is no. And then the third thing is, is it because it wasn't a good movie? And I, I'm not sure. But this is confusing. And and I know that Chris looks deep into things and and finds her uh, finds her explanations and solutions to things not making sense. And I did not do that. And I'm glad that she's confused with me. I've never understood a movie less, truly. I've got your back. Thank you. I need you here. Um, but then my question is, do you need to watch a movie three times and Google search for it to make sense? And it like, does that, does that devalue a movie? I think that's the bigger question to be answered as we get through the scoring. However, I will say that I don't, I think I'm an anomaly in the sense that there are a lot of people who love this movie and get things from it on their first viewing. So I think I just wasn't the target demographic for this. I would totally agree. I mean, I don't know what there was to get, but I feel like it, it is what it is. So I wasn't sure there was much to get. Wise words. Here's the difference. Alexis is just like, nah, that's it. That's the movie. And I'm like, <laughs> what is the movie? <laughs> these are these are this the personalities. This is um, the first Shutter Island, if there ever was one. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, in summary, this movie is it be how it be because it do. <laughs> and, don't, and don't ask, please. Thank you. I'm with you, Ryan. I love that order of operations and I abide by it myself. I wish I could say I was disconcerted, but I really felt... Like I was watching a Doctor Who episode. I don't know if any of our fans are Doctor Who fans as well, Whovians as they like to call themselves, but it definitely felt like the plot of maybe like an older season of Doctor Who. There was just a lot of silliness going around and a lot of the one plus ones didn't equal two. It was a little bit squiggly, a little bit weird. Some things didn't add up. Did they need to add up? Not really. 
So I didn't find it necessarily too confusing because I looked at it a little bit simplistically. I like to oversimplify everything in life, as everyone on our team knows. I just like to keep it keep it simple. Yeah, he's just but a guy stabbing people, man. It's just it's what he does. It's fine. It's what he until somebody tells me different. That's what I'm going to assume, and they eventually tell you different, and then you assume something different. But it definitely seemed honestly like a sci-fi TV show plotline, and maybe that's where those TV shows got their stories from. I don't know, but. It wasn't all that impressive to me. The story wasn't at least a couple of the characters I found interesting. But while watching it, like Paris, I got a little bit bored. Mm, Interesting. Look, I'm going to be real with you. This movie, uh, it surprises me that Matt got bored. And it was also so far from what I expected to experience that that in itself is my biggest surprise and also my biggest disappointment. I'm also just disappointed in myself when it comes down to it for going in with an expectation of liking it instead of just being a blank slate like I usually am because I feel like that put me in the wrong headspace to experience this movie objectively for what it is, but here we are. One of the biggest disappointments, though, was that for as great as the main theme is, and I love the theme song to this movie, the rest of this movie has peaks and valleys in its audio, and it's honestly kind of a mess. Uh, it's it's unpolished, and sometimes that can be charming, right? Especially when you consider the n- indie nature of this of this production. But I do think it's one of the many things that hurt this movie. Chris, I could not agree with you so much. I thought about you so much during this movie because I know that you're the person, if no one else here, that will care about like the sound design of this movie. And I hated it so much, like. The the sounds of like someone walking in a movie or someone like walking through grass or something like that, those are things that should not stand out to you. And in this movie, all I could pay attention to was like the sound effects, but not not like the sound effects during like a kill or something, just the regular sound effects. And like there is a kissing scene in this movie and the noises that they that they put behind this kissing scene were the <laughs> most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Like it, it was just like wet shoes being slapped together like it was horrible or very realistic that's my favorite that is so specific macaroni in a pot yeah and i'm not even sure if it's accurate but it sounds good it makes you feel how i felt when i heard it i want to hear mac make this sound but um (laughs) i don't i don't know what wet shoes slapping together sounds like sounds great though whatever you imagine is how bad it was it's the only it, thing I can think exactly of. What that it actually like. sounds like uh, chew with your mouth closed um, kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of comment. <laughs> I actually can't say that I really noticed the sound very much at all beyond like the music. But I'll say I was disappointed by like the lack of any like significant female characters. Um, there's one scene where we have a few female characters, but it's pretty brief and not. You don't really see too much of those characters uh, throughout the movie. I'm sorry, that that one uh, black woman that they just stuck in the middle of the movie as like completely token character in like a very cliche role that didn't do anything for you? Yeah, no, it didn't. It felt like all the girls were just kind of thrown in here to fill some kind of quota or something. Um, and I would have loved to see like just one female character like go along with these boys for the ride. But it was like very much like a boys club movie. It felt they did fill the titty quota. It sure did. It's so weird. I'm like completely disagreeing with everyone. One, I love the weird sounds. Um, there's one particular where it's a fly 
and you guys will probably think this is the most craziest thing. Also, I probably should be checked into a hospital for this. But when I was younger, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure my parents left the window open or whatever. They're, so I would always hear mosquitoes like buzzing in my ear. Literally, that sound stood out. Amongst other things that I loved about this movie, but I can talk about later, I can see where some of the ones that are supposed to be like kind of minute, like they're not, which I kind of like because that's annoying to me. Um, <laughs> who are you you're a monster I, I feel like I'm gonna be a monster tonight because it's so weird I kind of enjoy the spin of not getting into a lot of characters I'm so used to like being bombarded with so many characters in a movie like oh my god I know god, I need to lo- know about so and so and so and so and so and so and how they all fit in that I was so surprised And to me, it was a good thing at how simplistic kind of everything was in this movie and how like those characters you get, you know, you kind of only get like three or four main characters and it's pretty simplistic in a sense um, until you get to the end of this movie. But (laughs) it's real simple until it's suddenly real complicated. Exactly. So it's simple, but not. Um, (laughs) But I think I enjoyed that. I enjoyed how like there wasn't all this extra stuff in a movie that I like needed to filter through. So I I was definitely surprised and um, kind of sort of like enjoyed that a little bit. I could see that. I'm not I'm not hate on that. I'll say I was pleasantly surprised by something. The tall man. This is not something I remember from any of the like clips that I had seen while changing channels back in the day when you like flip through channels on your TV. So a character in the film that we can talk about later, I just like didn't even remember at all about Phantasm. And while watching it, it's a character that's really cool and obviously integral to the story. So that was that was a kind of a surprise to me because I just remembered like shiny silver spheres that float around and kill people. And that seemed like the only thing you had to worry about and I'm glad that there was more of an actual like human or humanoid element, uh, you know, to the to the horror in these films. Mac, were you scared? Of course not. <laughs> I don't even know why I asked that question. So close. <laughs> Androids do not experience fear. Yeah, I I actually am on your side this time, Mac. I wasn't afraid of this at all. I think I was like more. It was almost like a a fun movie to watch. It wasn't scary. Yeah, to me, it was like very intriguing more than it yeah, was. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out what the fuck was going on in this entire movie that it, it took away from the scary element which i think they could have played on a little bit more in my opinion um there was a moment in the movie that i think was supposed to be very scary um but it made me laugh uh very hard um so i was not scared at all during this movie but i was at times entertained this movie has been ranked in a in a few places as as one of the scariest films of all time and I'm going to be real. I don't get it. Who said that? A lot of people will get there later. We'll go over the list in the second half of the episode. But here's the thing. I don't even get it within the context of 70s horror, right? Like where you can just put yourself back and think, okay, where were we, where, where were we in terms of what was going on in the country? Uh, what was the political climate? What was going on in film around that time? And I just don't get it. I also understand, though. That the target demographic of this is so far away from me. And honestly, I think probably the majority of us on this episode. This is a movie that performs exceptionally well with young boys and with people who saw this when they were younger and have grown up to have an incredibly deep, nostalgic tie to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that's partially why it hits differently for me. I often feel like a young boy and it didn't hit for me at all. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I will say, though, 
when we look at this movie and just the plot behind it, it reminded me a lot of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Has anyone heard of that? Mac, have you seen it? I have not, but now I'm going to look it up so that I can see it. <laughs> so here's the thing. It is. It has gone down in history for a long time as the worst film ever made. I don't think it deserves that. I mean, thanks killing is out there. Let's be real. But you can also find Johnny Depp playing Ed Wood, the guy who directed that movie. And there's a movie about him making this movie and you see bits in the movie in it. It's worth a watch, I think. You have aliens raising the dead. And while they may be out for like different purposes, those notes of familiarity made me feel a little bit fonder for this movie in my cold, dead heart. But how about you folks? Would you say this is a, at the very least original? I think you'd be crazy if you didn't say it's original in some way. I mean, I've never seen anything like this movie. I second that. I have. Oh, what what have you seen, Mac? Well, I've seen newer sci-fi, so that doesn't speak to the originality of I was this film. Say, clearly, it doesn't. Clearly, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's got a lot of you know traditional like sci-fi elements going on in there. But I don't think it's unoriginal. I think it's got some originality going on. Yeah, it definitely does, in my opinion. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just haven't seen anything like it. Story wise, and I think element wise, like when I think of sci fi and I think of things now, if I think of sci fi, I think of aliens. And I think that's the only, and I, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, that's as far as it goes when we talk about sci fi and horror. Like, it's just some sort of alien sort of like being, whether you count this that as that or not, I definitely don't. But, I don't know. I'm just like overseeing sci-fi and aliens together. Like, give me something else. Like, a I mean, AI. Maybe you consider aliens, but I don't. I don't know. I just I like to see something else. So I like how this, you know, has put that out there for something different. I mean, like the whole young boy sees creepy character in the neighborhood and tries to convince his friends and or family that something weird is happening. That wasn't very original for me. Um, and then kind of in the middle, I was starting to get Twin Peaks vibes, if you guys are familiar with that. Um, but then you kind of get the full picture and it becomes very specific and very original. Um, and then at the very end, uh, they're like, actually, nope, not original. So it was kind of a roller coaster of originality for me. Speaking of roller coasters, Paris, uh, I think the ending itself classifies in itself as a roller coaster. I, I'm going to be honest, I really disliked it. Uh, it's not the end end. The, I think the final moment that we get is pretty solid, but the pre end I found incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. The the lead up to the ending. Do, do we have context for what the pre end is? Because I'm like, where do I It's that moment this? right before it ends. The pre end is like what you expect the climax to be. And then the end end is like the final moment of the movie. Okay. Okay. And end is like the final like moment of action that happens in this movie. Whereas the end would be the general wrapping up of the story. It's like hacker math, but for grammar. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm looking back at my notes, I'm like, WTF, WTF. In a good way, in my opinion. I was just like, wow, I've never felt like I've been on a roller coaster and had a roller coaster ending in my entire life. And okay, so that wasn't what the F, it was wow the F. <laughs> That's what that stands for in your Wow notes. the F, yes. <laughs> wow, comma, the fuck? Wow the F is what our listeners are going to use to describe our terms for the denouement. We need a t-shirt that says wow the F. Obviously. Most people remove the, the curse word. We've just replaced the first purely innocent word in the phrase. <laughs> this ending does this thing that I've complained about so many times and I don't want to say it right now to spoil it, but it does the thing that I hate the most 
it does, it's just like, it's such a cop out and I hate it so much. And, and then it, you know, brings us back for like a, a Freddie moment where they ride away and the convertible striped and it, it, I just don't like the end. I don't like it at all. I get it. I feel like this, you could have seen it coming where the way it goes, but I don't like. I am kind of apathetic when it comes to the ending. I just don't really care because I didn't, it, it wasn't satisfying. Mm-mm. I didn't hate it. It just wasn't satisfying for me. I absolutely feel that, Mac. Uh, by the time I also got to the ending, I felt nothing. That's what she said. So it's it's kind of like, the as you guys described, the pre-end, the, the build-up to the final scene of the movie, I enjoy. But once we finally got there, I was like, oh, that's all. Can I say that I was relieved that the movie ended? That's one way of looking at it. <laughs> and another, it's, it's going to be also telling to see how all of this translates to the scores for this movie. I have a prediction as to how it'll shake out, but... We'll see. Who knows? Mac may surprise us all. Now, let's go ahead and start making our way there. Alexis, best of luck to you. You're a consummate professional. Uh, This movie is challenging, but what do you have for the body count? I try to give our audience facts, facts on facts on facts. This movie had me so messed up. Chris and I might have fought over (laughs) the body count on this. Whoa, we didn't fight at all. It was us commiserating and how confusing it was. Yes, we were in heavy debate on who counted as what. Um, So I'm just going to throw out the median number and say five. Honestly, it's confusing. Yeah, it's, you know, what do you count as technical? What do you count? I mean, and we'll talk about that in the spoiler section, but it's just this movie is so crazy. And the body count is also crazy crazy too because I for once in my life do not have I do not feel confident in giving our like listeners this number but I'm just gonna throw out five and I you know if you come back and say I'm wrong I'll give it to you it's a totally abstract five I mean like there are five instances maybe of violence but who's to say aren't we all dead really (laughs) we're all dead on the inside I can tell you that for sure all right now let's see out of this abstract count Ryan, or any of them animals? Uh, I'm very thankful that I didn't have to track some uh, arbitrary animal deaths. So we're all good on the animal report this week. Excellent. Let's go ahead and get cooking then. Phantasm from 1979. Was it a hack or a slash? I'd like to go first. May I? No contest. You may. The gentleman from Florida is recognized. Reclaiming my time. (laughs) Florida man, go first. So sometimes a movie is terrible to the point of comedy. Um, But this film was sadly incapable of even, like, scratching that itch. Uh, This movie sucked so much ass that yet again I was left wondering, is this the worst movie I've had to watch for the podcast? And why was this movie chosen? And does anyone like this movie? Uh, I understand that the goal of this podcast is to review every horror movie ever made, but couldn't we have waited until we were all dead to add this one to the list? Uh, At first, I thought maybe I was just being overly critical of a film from the 70s, and then I remembered Suspiria was made in the 70s, Carrie was made in the 70s, and so many other solid or even just decent horror films were made around that time. Alien was a better movie than this, and I gave that a hack. The original Hills Have Eyes was a better movie than this, and I gave that a hack too. To be fair, some moments of this film utilized music in a kind of good way, uh, and by that I mean the music was the most interesting part of those moments, and some shots were beautifully lit. Uh, Also, the opening scene may have served as inspiration for an iconic moment from Basic Instinct, but overall, this movie failed at almost everything. It struggled with the most basic elements of storytelling, and the editing was so sloppy that I'd like to travel back in time 40 years just to fire who was ever responsible. It also felt like halfway through making the movie, they realized how bad it was going to be, and then decided to sort of lean into that so that they could later say that it was bad on purpose. Beyond that, 
This was by definition a hack. This was a total joke, but not the fun kind, and an absolute waste of my time. And I highly discourage all of our listeners from watching this rotted piece of shit. Wow. Yeah, that was the most uh, critical hack I think I've ever heard in, in my lifetime of the show. Wow, yes. This is the current reigning worst movie we've ever watched. Oh, in, in your opinion, respectfully, because there are a lot of people who love this movie. And if, you're li- if they're listening to this show, we love you and value your opinion, too. <laughs> And I want to hear from you to understand. Well, I will go ahead and tell you that I'm giving this a slash. Yes. <laughs> because um, I will fight you to death. I will say I freaking hate topsy-turvy kind of freaking music in movies. Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Kind of getting vibes from this, but you know where I got the most vibes from this is Stranger Things. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the soundtrack that I could freaking forget about everything in this movie and forget that I don't know what the ending like <laughs> means <laughs> and be freaking okay with it because I'm obsessed with this soundtrack. I like how I don't really have to think too much in it to understand. I like how there's like a ending where it's like, oh, wow, this is turning. It's different Um, visually. I loved it. I love these, you know, I guess once you go in the series, which I will um, tell you tonight, I might be a little bit tired, but tomorrow I will definitely be watching number two. Um, I want to see how these fears come to life. I want to see how this person like kills. I want to see more of tall man, like this old cranky man, boy. I'm like, I'm not sure (laughs) what the heck you're saying when you say that. Um, But I don't know. I feel like this, um, maybe this might be not be the strongest movie in the whole franchise. I don't know. I will um, come back to you guys on that. But I don't know. I, I, I feel this is not a total joke waste of time. I, I, I really feel like this was like not Oscar worthy, but I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was totally killer. It was totally killer and no pun intended. It was definitely suspenseful. It literally kept me guessing because I had not read anything about this movie. I had not seen a trailer. So I was literally so interested on what the hell this old man was doing in this um, it's a mausoleum, which I only knew that from my chemical romance. So um, so I'm sorry. I, I had to go on an extended. Yeah, I think we're reset back to zero now. <laughs> you both weighed each other out evenly. Yeah. I'm running back to zero. It's a slash. All right. Reset. Everyone else can go now. That's great. That's great. That was like a very strong slash to counteract a very strong hack. Okay. Well, there we go. We're fighting after this. That's what we're here for. Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to roll in here. Okay. Um, I have I have feelings about this movie. Okay. So I have notoriously hated uh, all, all the movies near the 80s, <laughs> both right before and after. Um it's kind of complicated here. I, I tried to think of this movie after I watched it and kind of think about it like you're watching a Willy Wonka movie, right? Like things change in in the world of Willy Wonka and things can happen that wouldn't normally happen and you don't question them when it's Willy Wonka. You know, you don't question his powers. You don't question why he has wallpaper that you can lick and it tastes like fruit. Okay. So I tried to kind of go there with this movie and and give it a chance, give it a chance to be science fiction, give it a chance to maybe not make sense, you know, um, 
And this movie, can I just briefly say, this movie is not worse than the original Hills Have Eyes, okay? It is not. <laughs> the original Hills Have Eyes was horrible. This is not that, okay? For my listeners here, I just want y'all to know, don't listen to Paris, okay? <laughs> but with that being said, um, there's a couple things in this movie that really bothered me. I felt like there were a lot of bits of story thrown at me, and then that's it. They would just be like, hey, the sun's blue and like just walk away from that and never mention it again. And that's obviously just an example. And I was just like, but why is the sun blue? Did someone make the sun blue? Is there an explanation? And I felt like that kept happening. Like we got a bunch of details about like dead parents and then like a dead friend and then all these different things. And I'm like, well, what do these have to do with anything? And why is this person doing this? And when do they do this? And how are they doing this? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So Alexis is view is that you don't think about it. You just accept it. Um, I have a hard time with that. I, I think I usually need to understand things and that's usually how I, how I react. I will say you're not wrong about the, the stranger things vibes, especially towards the end. Like they, they really, it's almost like they knew stranger things would happen one day and they're like, Oh, people will love this in 2020. Just lean into it. But it's a hack. Damn, I really thought you were about to get a slash. Yeah, I can't deal with how confusing this movie is. (laughs) I cannot, like, the amount of not understanding what was happening in this movie, it just, I can't deal with it. But there are some very interesting things. It, to me, is not a total waste of time. Um, But if you're, like, sitting down, like, we're going to watch a great movie tonight, this ain't it. If you want to watch something for fun and, like, just see something different, this is it. It's cool, but it's not great. So it's a hack. Man, we have been on every hill and valley. This is so Six far. Flags. <laughs> Legitimately, this has been a roller coaster hearing your opinions on this. And I got to respect that you guys have some really strong opinions because I, after watching it, just didn't really have that strong of an opinion about this movie. So, Paris, I feel that passion. Alexis, I feel the passion. Ryan, I feel going back and forth about this movie. I used to watch hours of the sci-fi channel back in the day when I was a teenager and we had cable TV. I love sci-fi. I love the storylines. I've seen them 10,000 times. Nobody's original, right? At this point, there's nothing new under the sun. And that's fine because I still love sci-fi and I still love the suspension of disbelief. That's, that's kind of my thing. So when watching this movie and seeing a bunch of characters that I don't care about, that's, that's fine. But then we get to the tall man and the tall man is awesome. True. And that's when the, the sci-fi part comes out and is really cool. There's some special effects in here, which are just really fun. There's some ridiculous stuff in this movie, of course, right? The, the mustard. <laughs> that's actually one of the things I liked. But the tall man really saved this movie for me and probably like the whole franchise, I'm sure, because you couldn't continue to have it without this character. But the concept, yeah, it's not that super duper new or original in the pages of sci-fi novels and books. But that character was so much fun. And I love, I love the concept. I love what's going on behind the scenes, the story that presents it, not super interesting. A lot of the characters I literally hated and hoped would die by the end of this film. Alexis (laughs) is giving me a look though. And maybe it's the peach whiskey, but I'm going to give it a slash my love for sci-fi has to win out. Okay. They just fist bumped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I really just got him drunk tonight, guys. Just every, every night. I knew when Max sent a text to the group text that Alexis was making a drink that she was buying his vote. <laughs> yes. wow. Here you go. Peach whiskey for the win. <laughs> Chris, be honest. Is this what you anticipated? Yes. 
It is. Cause, and that's the thing, because Mac wasn't offended enough to push him over into the into the hack side. That's yes. really all it was. Always with the benefit of the doubt. That's that's truly like I, I didn't care enough negatively about it. If there had been something that was like truly heinous, that would have really made me hate this film. But because I was in the middle, the fact that it's sci-fi, the fact that the cool sci-fi stuff that's going on is like up my alley that, you know, that keeps it in the part where I cannot feel as strongly about this as Paris did, that it would be a hack. So I, I can't go that direction. I can't say this is terrifier level horribleness for me. And I know some people also here like that. Good, but, but sure, okay. sure. So far, <laughs> Phantasm from 1979 has two hacks and two slashes. So look, this movie was, oh boy, it was a ride. Uh, it wasn't like anything I expected, but at the end of it, I'll admit I still had quite a bit of fun. And I had fun with the experience it gives. It ha- I have fun with the fact that we're all just discussing it this way now. Like, how can anything that sparks that much discourse be bad when it comes to, like, a 70s movie? Looking down my list of notes, uh, there are a lot of negative hits. Uh, and there are some bright spots. So, for example, it's beautifully shot. Parrish, you mentioned the beautiful lighting. It has a hell of a main villain. And it has a really strong classic theme behind it, which is our struggle to cope with mourning and loss and losing loved ones. Beyond that, though, there's too much that I dislike for me to consider it a movie that I actually enjoyed and would look forward to watching with other people. Uh, I think it's a movie that you respect it for its place in the Horror Hall of Fame, don't get me wrong, but I don't, I definitely don't warrant it to be essential viewing for me, unless you're like really into 70s horror, independent film, or the sci-fi horror blend like Alexis and Mac are. Quite frankly, the trailer for the 4K restoration of this movie is a better watch than the movie itself, so it gets a hack from me. Woo. Ouch. Damn. But I can understand it. If you could see the amount of uh, bickering and bartering back and forth we do while Chris (laughs) is making her decision and we're all making bets... I was. She's not looking at us. I was wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. I thought she was going into that slash real quick. Yeah, we all thought slash over here. Yeah, as as designed. Shout out to hack territory. Okay. See, the only surprise for me tonight is Alexis. Everything else I saw coming, but Alexis, I'm surprised. Why would you be surprised? Fairy Alexis. Yeah, she loves a fun, a fun watch. Uh, I just didn't have fun. That's why. I don't have to think about it. There's some good synths. Fuck yeah, man. That's Maybe Alexis. Little Brown and Low to the Ground. That ain't at <laughs> my alley. I don't know what is. <laughs> Can I mention? I think that your opinion of this movie will be greatly impacted by the, your mood when you start watching it. If you're in a good mood, you're going to watch this and enjoy okay, it. FYI, I was in a fucking horrible mood. I had just argued with my boyfriend and went upstairs. I was like, I'm going to fucking watch my podcast movie. Bye. Because you want to watch some <laughs> okay, other shit. Okay, okay, but horror makes you happy, so you're different. But most people, like Paris, I feel like if you were like in a chill, fun, had a few drinks mood, you would enjoy this a little more. Uh, see, my man and I were in a chill, fun, have a few drinks mood, and I was like, <laughs> actually, at first, he was kind of bagging on it. I was like, babe, we have to give it a chance. We have to like let it be what it is and like really decide, and I was just, I was disappointed. <laughs> well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think I would have had more fun watching it with someone else than watching it by myself three times in an effort to understand what the fuck was going on three times i couldn't imagine see sometimes you just gotta let it be sometimes you just gotta let it be well here's the thing because because i pay attention but i will not excuse sloppy editing and that's really what it comes down to mm. so with that being said 
Phantasm from 1979 has just squeaked out on the hack side with three hacks and two slashes. Now, we mentioned this earlier, this movie's available for free on Tubi. I believe most of the movies in the franchise are, so go check it out and then join us in the second half so we can figure out why Alexis loves it, why Mac tolerates it enough to let it go, and what really got to Paris. See you in a bit. Introducing Fantasy M, the all-new mind-reading VR headset, making your nightmares a reality. Each Fantasy M set includes a pair of touch-sensitive controllers, movement sensors, and brain-scanning neural probes. Plug in and unplug. Experience your worst dreams in the highest resolution. Ruined wet dreams, falling dreams, demonic dreams, Bob Saget chasing you around a quirky thing, carnival dreams, all projected into your eyeballs in high resolution with head tracking spatial audio. Intel i9-9900K 120 gigabyte RAM, GeForce RTX 2080 Ti or better required. Turn your waking tears of horror into tears of excitement today with Fantasy N. Welcome back, folks. You are now entering the spoiler zone for Phantasm. The 1979 sci-fi cult classic has earned three hacks and two slashes. Now, we have a lot to unpack here before we get into the specifics of just how brutally Paris hacked this movie. Uh, we need to get into the gore. So, Alexis, what do you have for the gore score? Besides one scene, if I could take that one scene out, which I thought was super gory, I would definitely say this is like low on my gore score. There's just like one scene in particular, which I mean, clearly is gory, but um, I guess we're past the spoilers, spoiler section. So we can definitely still, <laughs> we could definitely talk about that. This is a tongue twister. So a spiked sphere killing machine. Did we guy? Did we like that? Yay or nay? Yeah. No. Yeah. That was actually nay. my favorite kill. It was the only kill. The only kill that counts in my heart. <laughs> I hated it. What? Wow. Okay. What, was it the sphere also or was it the Also why she hacked it, but okay. Yeah. Um, it was the combination of one, it came out of nowhere and had no relation to anything else in this movie. Yep. Uh, two, it just randomly started flying at people. And uh, the the way that it ended up on our boy's face, I, I don't, I didn't, it was just like a weird, you know, it was just like 80s effects or 70s effects in this case, where Damn, it was just I like- Good for 70s Bro, It was literally a hose with some ketchup shooting it out. It was bad like, editing. <laughs> it literally was. So they started it with the ball, with the sphere attached to his head, and then they just played it in reverse. I mean, I guess because this movie is so like out of this world that I was literally like not grounded in the specificity of it being real or not, like in terms of the gore. So yeah, that blood, bright ass red, shooting out of an orb literally more blood than you probably have in your freaking body. Like, it's just splurting out. Yeah. No, I love that scene. That bloody pee was pretty accurate, though. Yes. I did not know that was in reverse. To me, I'm, I I don't know. Maybe I did not watch this with the eye everyone else did. Or maybe I did and just, like, totally threw that shit to the side. I, uh, think, I think you did exactly what they wanted you to do, which was just an enjoy a movie. <laughs> oh, imagine that. Just sit there and take it. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched... Some sci-fi channel made for TV things that had way worse effects than this. Though. Exactly. I can Sharknado say that. 
one through a million. <laughs> the chupacabra, yeah. Ouch. But the scene was cool, though. The idea of this like floating, flying, metallic sphere, this killer shiny ball thing like flying around you don't know what's going to happen is it going to like knock you upside the head or something and then like boom like it stabs you in the face like that's that's pretty hardcore and i think if you continue to watch the sequels you'll earn more of a respect for these these floating flying spheres because they are kind of cool i wish they had kind of gone into that in the first film maybe they hadn't developed like that story yet but they but they are kind of neat but I mean, come on, just like boom, right in the head and then blood spurting out, even if it looks fake, it had to catch your attention, you know, from the rest of this film for at least a second. Yeah, no, it definitely did. And that's what I've heard. Like they're they're a little bit more evolved and a little bit more prominent in the uh, future films of this franchise. So I, I, I wish I did get more than one. Like to me, it was just so low. And I was like, okay, this person stabbed. Who knows what happened to the other people because they mysteriously vanished or in a dream sequence at this point? Who effing knows? I just, that's why I couldn't count the bodies. (laughs) Can we talk about the first death? I just, I just need us to have a moment. Yes. Tommy was my favorite death. Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. One out of three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> low choices here. <laughs> I just need to like go through this scene, okay? Because you guys know I'm, I'm I'm about the commentary. I didn't I watched this by myself, so I didn't have anyone to commentate with. We got a very awkward sex scene, okay? Everyone's legs were straight, and yet she was completely ninety degrees in relation to him as far as the upper bodies were concerned. Okay, so we have a person sitting on top of a person facing them. And yet their legs are straight back on the ground together. Okay. Uh, so she's like broken back, right? One titty out for for no reason. Okay. <laughs> Some strange, just like the whole sex scene was strange. And then we just get a stab, which I will say, I guess it would be my favorite death also, since there's only 33% chance of me picking that. Let's defend it for a second, because maybe it, maybe it adds up. Maybe that's her good one. Maybe she only wants to show off like the she best one. She pulled them both out later. Later they're both out and there's like an, several extreme titty close-ups. By that point, you know, you're comfortable with each other. But they weren't even hurt. It was also a different person. Yeah, she's literally not even a person. <laughs> but that's that's why. That's why her legs are all bent out of shape because it's actually the tall man. But here's my thing. It's a great death only because he deserved it for making it on the bones of God knows who. Uh, look, I'm not I'm not religious at all. Not even slightest. I'm sorry. Did you say banging on the bones? Banging on the bones of someone else. And he was wearing a gigantic crucifix and he just looked like a piece of trash. Honestly, I think he had it coming. Please don't talk about Tommy like that ever again in your life. Okay. He did not deserve that. Totally. Uh, Tommy literally was a sleazeball you took home after like one, uh, one night out at the bar. Who has cemetery sex? Um, hi, Chris. <laughs> Harris, no. I'm not opposed, and I find no problem with having sex in a cemetery. I bet the ghosts are bored and would love the entertainment. That's my stance, and I said what I said. No. I mean, I do feel like this is a very, like, this is like a very 80s movie thing, you know? Like, we're gonna sneak to the cemetery, and like, and I'm gonna ride my my dirt bike through the cemetery. Like, she's just doing things in cemeteries. is very 80s, I feel like, but... To me, it was um, bucket list, but okay. Would, it's on your bucket list? It was. Oh, <laughs> hello. 
Mac knows. Um. <laughs> I really hope I outlive all of you. Yeah, you guys are crazy. You guys are trying to die. This is just like the Zoom seance that you guys wanted to do. <laughs> Every like you guys are consistently trying to test fate. Okay, I don't like it. So. Come on. It's just a cemetery. There's bones buried in the ground. They're not coming back. They're not going to do anything to you. It is gross, though, because you're out in public and people could like see you, and that's nasty. Yeah, and like also people go there to mourn their family members. Well, of course. You go there in like the dead of night. There's nobody that's going to see you except the ghost. I think you should be in a room where the only person who can see you is God. That's it. In missionary <laughs> position with a sheet between you and your partner. I don't know. I'm okay. allergic to grass, so this would never freaking happen. Although it is on my bucket list. Things Just, have escalated. Yes. <laughs> this could happen if you had some grass. That's called a fuck it list. Okay, so anyway. All I'm trying to say is uh, the first scene, it, and I do enjoy it as an opening scene in this movie because it sets you up to just be like, okay, things are going to happen. But also there's just so many, so many small details in the scene and through this whole movie where you can just look at it and you're just like, what? What's happening? So did did this make you question things more or did the finger bugs make you question things more? Oh, yeah. The finger bugs. Because like... It was you, a big fly. Yeah, like you chop your finger off and it's like alive still and then it turns into a large fly. Yeah. I did really like the the mustard blood. That was actually... I actually enjoyed that if we're going to have this like uh, otherworldly thing, it has like a different color of blood. I like that. Yeah, no, I did, yeah. I think the, the idea of it, it's kind of gore. But can we... Yeah, it is gore, but Jody's expression when he saw that was like very nonchalant. He's like, "Oh, oh, oh, damn!" Like, word, okay. a yeah. wiggling finger. Like, no, another one. Yeah, can I get some chili on that? Dog? Are we DJ Khaled in this house? Another one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like he literally had no reaction. That was like one of my WTF was like, clearly this is like some crazy thing he's seen before. Like, whatever. It's a guy named Jody, so uh, you can't expect much from him, honestly. I mean, nobody likes a Jody. No one likes a guy named Jody. Jody with an I, who's a woman, I'll totally go for it. Jody with a Y. Jody Sweden from Full House, yeah. Jody with a Y, man, trash, trash, total trash. Why do we hate Jody? Oh, yeah, I got ghosted. So far, we have two votes for Tommy as the favorite kill, and then we have the sphere zooming down the hallway into the caretaker. Mac, that was yours, right? Absolutely. Paris, who was your favorite kill? So with regard to the opening kill, that that really tickled something in me that I think we all know by now that I love, uh, a woman straddling a man and then stabbing him. Like I said, very basic instinct. Um, so if that scene served to inspire that movie, which I love, then I enjoy that. But it sets such a different tone um, because moving forward, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, there's not like a cool female villain. It's just a creepy old dude with a bob who pretends to be a woman. I don't know. Um, whatever that magic and sorcery was. But the moment with the sphere was actually the the part that I laughed so hard at um, because it was just such like a, a departure from everything else the movie had been thus far. It was like such a high peak in gore and it was so sudden. And it looked cheesy as fuck. Like the effects were super bad and there was so much blood. And then the guy peed himself that I was just like, okay, so all of a sudden we're doing the most. Um, so I was like, I, I'm going to give it to the sphere. Cause really it was the only like true moment of like gore that was like mildly satisfying. So that's where we land in that. Mm. So for as much as uh, Paris and Alexis disagree on this movie, they can at least 
agree on the sphere. It seems that way. <laughs> it really does. It does. We clearly like that. It was the only blood. <laughs> if you're going to blow your wad of cash on something, it might as well be a sphere that stabs you in the head. I agree, though. More sphere kills. That shouldn't have just been one like random one off. Exactly. Exactly. I do think the sphere deserved better than to get blown to bits by Jody. <sighs> Jody. Always Jody. What can you do with Jody's? I think the gore left a lot to be desired. Uh, I think one, you got it. It was cool. The, I don't know, Ryan, you described that blood as mustard. That looked more like a yellow pudding to me. Ew. Mm, custard. <laughs> Let's talk about this finger that all of a sudden morphs into a fly that is perfectly still and then is strong enough to throw a grown man around and mm. have him really struggle. But he also could not just fly in the box and make the box fly around the house. That's one of those Florida flies when you're out at the beach and that thing lands on your forehead and bites you. It's a horse fly. <laughs> yeah, it's a horse fly if there ever was one. And y'all have seen those. Okay, this is one of those parts that popped up and it was like this piece of the story that just doesn't relate to anything else. Again, this is, I feel the same way about everything in this movie. It's just like, what is this thing? It's like a stuffed animal. Why is it so strong? How did the finger turn into this? Why, like... Why are they throwing it around the kitchen? And then it goes into the dish disposal and supposedly dead. And then it's like crawling. And what is it? Because they were stupid and never put the dish disposal on. They had it on. It's. I'm not saying that you would kill it. You know, whatever. But I'm just saying like, what does it relate to? They weren't thorough. They didn't have the fly swatter. Yeah, they could have just put the little black lid. This was the bird scene from Nightmare on Elm Street too. Yeah, (laughs) and I see what you mean. And I think I saw Mac like nod his head. So I think we could both agree that that maybe it was like one of those side pieces that like go on to a story but don't need it. But honestly, like I didn't hate it because I don't know. I just, I, I thought that was pretty cool in my opinion. It was just like, and I think because I know that there's other films in the series, and I know that to me, this movie is just a slice of the pie. So I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of the answers or, I mean, I don't know, I'm going to probably watch n- number two and then be like, okay, literally none of your questions get solved. But like, <laughs> I feel like that's the way I saw this movie as like, I wouldn't get all my answers in one movie, which I was totally okay about when I know there's like a series of them. So here's the thing. That is the gift of watching the movie in 2020 after you know all those movies came out. But this shit came out in 1979 and it was one dude and having his friends and family help. And that was it. Imagine watching Suspiria, the OG version, and coming away from that thinking like, what the heck did I just watch? And I feel like it's it's got to be like the zeitgeist to go for that feeling, to try to make your viewer think like, what the heck did I just watch? And I, I think that maybe it was effective back then because everyone was was used to very predictable movies and they wanted to really make people question their own sanity and stuff, or maybe the sanity of the filmmaker in some cases. But I think it would have been more successful had they grounded it in some sort of reality. Oh, like good sci-fi always fares better with people when it's like a little bit more grounded. So like if the finger had turned into like a large maggot and then turned into a fly, people would have been like, oh, it's like a maggot because he's like decomposing or something because he's, you know, a mortician. Maybe he's undead. I don't know. Like it would have made more sense to people. They would have like done the linkage in their mind rather than just his finger squirts custard and turned into a large fly <laughs> that is really hard to kill in a really hilarious, silly way. Finger squirts custard is a phrase I never needed to hear in my life. That's a new band name right there. Free. Free for the taking. Uh, okay, look, as, as jacked up as I think that 
finger situation and the fly situation is, I will say one of the bright spots for me in, in terms of like a scene and, and feeling atmosphere and tension was Michael's first creep around the funeral home. He snooped around. He ran into the caretaker. Hell broke loose with that regard. Also, he bit down exceptionally hard, harder than I think most people would bite. He drew a lot of blood there before the sphere ever got to him. Um, and then he has, once he sees the tall man at the end of the hall, he just says, um, like he has this like, oh crap, I just got busted by a creepy adult feeling. And the slow walk towards each other was confusing at first until you realize like he has nowhere to go. He has to go forward and then book it one direction or the other. I think that was when I felt the most tension in in the entire movie. I mean, I, I get that, definitely. Especially, he went and saw the fortune teller, so I think he's just, like, in his head, like, I need to face this. I need to face this. And I think it's really weird that I, um, which surprised me, is that I got this, and kind of unexpected, what I really liked was I got this character that I was able to, like, enjoy, and that wasn't a obnoxious, don't go there, don't do that. I mean, he did the those things. I'm like, oh, you weren't supposed to leave. You weren't supposed to do that. But, like, to me, it wasn't like an obnoxious character that had did those things. And I, I was clearly rooting for him and also was, you know, grounded and went and did these things that weren't like necessarily out of character. Like, I just thought, you know, I'm like, OK, cool. This is probably what I would do. Um, I, I'd be scared at first. I'd be this. And then I'd eventually get to something somewhere where I'm like, OK, well, clearly this guy is in my dreams. He's here's here he's there like i need to face him and so i appreciated that whether they were doing the dance in the <laughs> mausoleum the marble mausoleum whether you know whatever that may be you know i appreciate that wow you truly love this movie um i think i do more than i thought i did yeah i just might... really want to watch the second one and then i'm gonna come back and be like this shit was trash this might be <laughs> your favorite movie our hate for this movie is fueling more love for her it is yeah so true no i i like the fact that young justin bieber became courageous throughout this film because all too often we get teens and preteens that are nothing but scared through entire horror movies. And it's so annoying because you're like, Oh my God, I get it. You're scared because you're, you know, you don't know what's going to happen or whatever, but it's kind of cool that, you know, he's like, let me at him. Let me try to do something. Let's go back in and let's get him. Him and Jody. Yeah, exactly. So I think my least favorite part was that, section where they're in the cars and going back and forth because it seemed really kind of wild and silly and like didn't add up why they were going back like just go together i don't understand why the girls have to go with him and then why do they have to die like this doesn't make any sense i think would have been much better obviously this kid like has some fire within him bring him with you and then you know if the girls are safe at home or whatever they're doing like just let them stay there why endanger them now packaging them all into one car that just that part like didn't add up mac no questions no questions they must take him <laughs> and apparently no they did split up one too many times in this movie i was like especially i'm like okay we went through this whole movie and at the end i'm like damn they're still splitting up like <laughs> yeah. don't we know horror movies by now well i think that jody literally left him like four times and every single time i was like Okay, well, clearly Tall Man is coming for him, so why do you keep leaving him? Every time you go somewhere, there's nobody there, and no, we don't even see the rest of that part of the movie, you know? Like, every single scene that Jody left was just a dead end, because nothing happened to him, because nobody cares about him. Um, 
but I, you know, are we, are we talking favorites or least favorites? Cause I can just talk about things. That I hate. Well, it sounds like you guys have nothing but least favorites. So exactly. We'd love to hear that. <laughs> it's, it's clearly that's more, you know, I will weight. say I really enjoyed the tall man and I enjoyed the one little tiny scene that we got of the, uh, internal view from the silver spiky ball. We got that red scene where it was like, you know, kind of like an infrared look or something like that. Those were cool. I, I, I enjoyed those things. But I have to be honest, there's just so much I can complain about. Like, like exactly what you were saying, like exactly what Mac was saying. There's this thing that happens in this movie where Jody drives somewhere and then he's followed on foot and, and the, everyone gets there at the same time. And like, there's just so much like the the logistics of this movie don't make sense. And then they're like getting in the cars and you don't understand where they're going. And yet they're always by the cemetery. Like they're always right there. It's just stuff like that. Just kind of like, because it's right in town. Yeah. But then like, then, <laughs> Sorry, then just you know, a flaw, you're trying to say I have flaws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just stuff like that, that like t- that detaches me from like, any amount of investment investment into the characters in the story. By the end of the movie, my boyfriend and I definitely concluded that they live across the street from the graveyard. Uh, that's the only way any of it makes sense. Yeah, and they just drive there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no one has anything to say when Michael Myers gets from A to B in two seconds. But all right. Because he's the bad guy. Bad guys are supposed to travel with unexplained uh, capabilities, okay? But the good the, guys can't. Also, they definitely showed him stealing a car and driving. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. That's true. I do want to know how the door locking mechanism worked. Like jamming something in the door and then like pulling it closed. Like does that. Oh, with the screwdriver? Yeah. The girls in the car clearly unlocked their own door when there was a tiny Yeah, I didn't outside. know that. I was so confused. <laughs> they were like, was like, oh my God, I can't figure work? out how the door locks. Is it unlock? Is that how it locks? <laughs> how to defend from Ewoks. Unlock the door. Hateful. That's what exactly thought these things were. Yeah, very Ewok <laughs> vibes. I mean, they're definitely Jawas first off. They're not Ewoks. Ewoks are the fuzzy bears. That's true. Oh, that's what, that's definitely what <laughs> I meant. <laughs> but they growl like Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Jawas and Ewoks had little weird science babies <laughs> what really got me was like the fourth or fifth time they split up when jody says hey you go to the house and get some ammo and then i'm actually going to go back to the scene without that ammo it makes no sense <laughs> also you go stay in the house right now i'm gonna go up to where we're gonna uh get him into a hole but didn't have a plan for trapping him there was no plan there was no plan to bring him up there to lure him up there it was there just was a plan no 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 they just said I'm going to go move them signs. And that was it. Camouflage it and then take him up there. Yeah, I know, but he didn't take him up there. You know, he sent the boy home. The boy. uh, It was a bad plan and really bad execution. Alexis, just sit back and take it. (laughs) Yeah, just take it. Don't ask questions. (laughs) Sit back and enjoy it. I guess I think because I was entertained throughout it, because I think the suspense got me and I was just so like um, kind of fixed on what was going on. And I think I'm more into the details in a in a different perspective that I'm like not where did this time go from the time they were walking to driving but I think it was more like where where is tall man from what is this like where are these slaves what is this planet like okay they have to shrink them in order to for them to live on the planet I was like that's interesting and I my my mind was more wrapped around that and the logistics of all of that than it was clearly the 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 whole timeline of the movie wait (laughs) so i just want to clarify 
your your mind was so wrapped around the stuff that you didn't get and you kept wanting it the whole time so you weren't paying attention to the little things that were bad with the movie got to agree there yes 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 yes, yes. yes. like do you feel satisfied do you feel like you got those things because the reason i'm focused on those other things is because i didn't get the explanation i didn't okay it's weird because you can we can review like something newer and i probably would be like you know what it's missing this yeah because i feel like that's what I expect from movies now. But th- I mean, like I wasn't expecting much from this. Like I, w- I was just kind of like this what it is what it is. But I can see that. I can see that. I could see where, where you'd come from there. Yeah. I was not expecting like the alien world alternate dimension wherever they went to between the two like stanchions. That was cool. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts because that like I was, you know, kind of watching this being like, I don't know what's happening, whatever. Like I get the idea behind this, but there's not really a reason and then when they like dip into that other world, I was like, whoa, you guys just leveled up in my book because this is what I'm into is this kind of thing right here. This is really cool. Give me, give me some more. Explain a little okay. bit more. Two things. First, to be clear, that was the beyond section of Bed Bath & Beyond right there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Second, the amount of mental gymnastics Mike had to have gone through to fall suspended and just see what was happening, but then also come to the exact conclusion that he did was <laughs> sloppy. And it was also jumping to a conclusion even more drastically than Lady Gaga jumped during the Super Bowl. Yeah, I totally Truly. agree. It's just like bouncing around to all this stuff and like they would just look at the camera and be like oh 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 it's because he's an alien and he is killing all these people and you'd be like but you've never seen him kill a person yeah and it was very like obviously it's that (laughs) yeah they were like well obviously these are people here they're like the black trash cans for lack of a better term they're like oh obviously they're all here to like you know launch basically is what they said and i was like no, not obvious. Nobody well, understands. They put together some of the pieces because they saw their dead friend turned into this small yeah. Star Wars character thing. Yeah. And then um, hmm. and then they looked inside and saw other squished down bodies yes, in there. Yes, exactly. But granted, I feel like maybe, Ryan, if you had seen <laughs> half of what like Mike was seeing, maybe you would make that conclusion too. But they didn't do a good job referencing that. We saw what he saw. Did you see it, Alexis? Did you see it? No, like when he looked in, like he didn't see, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying like there's a specific part where they're like, and and I'm probably going to misquote this, but they were like, oh, maybe they're uh, shrinking them because of the gravity. That and was I love that. I, I loved like, it. Though. It was so ridiculous that it was like kind of believable. Because like, I think because everything is so suspended, like it's just like what is real like we don't know who tall man is like we don't know like it was just so crazy it's like if you've ever had like a a friend that you really love and like care about and you spend a lot of time with but then every once in a while they just say stuff like and and you just have to look at them and be like are am i friends with you is that how you think the world works it's clearly us <laughs> clearly mac and i so here's the thing though when you look at, at that exact situation you would then have to believe that this movie and suspend your disbelief but this movie would have to take place in a world where they're aware of other planets with these gravity issues and this is commonplace in which case why would they be surprised about what the fuck they just saw 
I think Mike was just making an elementary issue, like 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 oh look they're shrunken because of the gravity. Like I just didn't I didn't know. He's a teenager in the seventies. He's read a million comic books. Not they're shrunken because they're very far away, and I I I'm looking at them at a distance. Not that he did have that giant like NASA moon poster on his wall. So like maybe mm-hmm. he was a space kid. I'm. I'm truly reaching here to try and understand. I mean, thank you. He, thank you. Thank you. Every kid should be a space kid. He did like craft like a little like bomby thingy kind of, right? Like to, to get out the door or like a little like he crafted a way to get out the door. Yeah, that hammer and that shotgun bullet shell. I don't know what happened. Oh, he made a legit bomb. Still doesn't make sense. I do have a scene that I did enjoy Uh, it was towards the beginning um and i think it's obvious it was the scene where he goes to visit the psychic multi-generational psychic women yes please what is their story give me that movie also the laughing afterwards was beautiful yeah (laughs) they're just like fucking with him that grandmother was adorable that grandmother looked like ozzy osbourne with that shawl on her head (laughs) (laughs) you're not those little glasses (laughs) i really like how all that like that scene looked and i wish we got to spend more time in that space but i did also really enjoy the mausoleum like the set design of it anytime we were back in there i was like okay this is that's what gave me the most twin peak vibes because that felt like very much a twin peak set um, so I, I liked that as a place. And at first I was like, oh, this is good set design. And I was like, or is this just a cool looking mausoleum that they filmed in? Because now I don't know. I, I do think the mausoleum was the coolest looking part of the film. And that could be by design or could be by, by happenstance, but it's so stark, the contrast, all the, yeah. like the black and white and everything. And of course, when there's blood spurting out, it's bright red, but like the h- hallways, hallways are always going to be a little bit stressful. I don't know why that is. Anytime there's a hallway and one person's on one end and one person's on the other, there's some stress involved. Do this in your real life. When you walk down, like let's say you take the, the, the corner of a hallway and somebody's at the very other end of it, stand still and just look at their, their eyeballs and see what they do because they're going to get stressed. Hallways are stressful because I go left and everyone else goes right. And so I run into everyone. <laughs> this is America. Okay. We go on the right side of the hallway. I know, but I get, I get stressed and think, what if they don't go to the right? So then I got to go left. And then they go right, and then I'm you on the knock left. Them down. And, and then we run into like each doing other. a salsa. I salsa with a lot of strangers. Okay, I loved. I got so many like um, Nightmare on Elm Street vibes from like when Tommyan was over um, Mike's bed. Ooh, yeah, yes. And then you have like the zombie hands coming up from the bed because I feel like I've definitely like either seen this in movies or even my own. I mean, clearly I don't have dreams like that, but like we've all had those like weird, like crazy, like nightmares where like. You're like, is this real or is this not? Like, I wake up sometimes and I'm like breathing heavy. I'm like, I know this isn't real, but for a moment in life, I actually did. So like, I just, I felt like I was in that scene and I could feel like kind of what he was feeling. Getting a little like, uh, <laughs> a little in depth in this. But no, I like that. And I like visually too, like what it looked, he was just like over him. It was just like a pretty scene in my opinion. Oh, Tall Man definitely held this movie together. Like by by the, the skin of his teeth, whatever there was to hold together, Tall Man did it, okay? I know that I can see you staring at me, Paris, and I'm not saying that the movie <laughs> is held together well. I'm not saying it's machine washable, but it was slightly held together by Tall Man. He did, you can wash him in the sink. Okay. So there was like a, a like a thin layer of skin on the custard that held it all together. Ew. Ew. For, no, a thin for me, Tall Man like did nothing. I like uh, was his name Tall Man because like I didn't notice that he was like notably tall. He was just like skinny. He was just like a creepy old dude with a bob that like could teleport, I guess. But like, did he have any real powers? He is the power. I wasn't really threatened by him. He was just kind of there. He's strong. 
Oh, yeah. Did you see him pick up that casket that was clearly made out of styrofoam? Come on, man. <laughs> he was real strong. He shapeshifts into women. Work. And honestly, he is the power of the patriarchy. That's what it comes down to. Okay. I feel that. Now I'm threatened. Really, he should <laughs> represent all the fears of neckbeards. That is also true. He is a creepy old guy that you don't realize is on the other side of it. And you think it's a beautiful woman. Says Mac with a full neck beard. No, it's not a neck beard. It's a full beard. <laughs> From this angle. <laughs> what is a neck beard? A neck beard is, it's a reference to people that can't really grow a beard. So they grow as much hair on their necks, you know, and that's their beard is just, they just have hairy necks. If you can't grow a beard, you just be baby face. It's okay. <laughs> you know what? Grow whatever hair you can. Live your own life. For as much as I was disappointed by the audio in this movie, I actually was really encouraged by and impressed with all the lighting and the cinematography itself. I think for one guy doing this whole thing, that was the most impressive. So a couple shots that really stood out to me. The headlights appearing in the distance as Jody is reloading his gun beautifully frame shot. Uh, Reggie's overturned ice cream truck being lit from behind. Also beautiful, but then the most beautiful, Michael sparking the lighter in the darkness, only to be immediately jumped by the Jawa. I did really enjoy that, and I'm totally on board with you. Um, my only problem is that the, uh, oh, I think I have a lighter, and then lighting it up was just so predictable. It was like, oh, I have a lighter, hold on, and then, you know, like, you know something's coming, but I have to totally agree. I, I as much as I've talked trash and I have issues with the sound, I really, really did enjoy watching this movie and just like the mausoleum and everything. It it really is like, it's like a specific thing from its time period that you could never have again. And they shot yeah. a lot of these things really well. And, um, you know, stuff, some stuff drive me, drove me crazy, but you cannot discount the, the videography in this movie, I believe. Absolutely. And while the cinematography was like far and away, the best part of the movie for me. I think the worst part was honestly all that cemetery sex. And look, I know we've been there. We talked about it. Uh, but just to be clear, cemetery sex is weird. Spying on your brother having cemetery sex is weird. Yep. And in summary, this family is weird. And Reggie's hair is weird. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Chris, I love that you mentioned that Don Coscarelli wore so many hats in making this film. Let's say that. I think the cinematography is really where he should have stayed and I don't know, found some resources to get help because if he was responsible for the editing, that was truly the worst part of this movie for me. Um, basic, like really because in editing, that's where you kind of just get a, a fundamental sequence of events that explains what's happening and moves the story along. Um, and there were two moments that like really like flopped on that for me. One of them was a potentially good scene where Mike is stuck under that car. I was scared at that point. I was like, Ooh, that's actually something I haven't seen before, like being crushed under a car. Um, but then he sees Jody's feet. He hits them with a hammer and then immediately it cuts to him crawling out of the car because he's no longer pinned. So there was like a gap in between there of like, what, how did we lift the car? Like what's that didn't sit well with me. Um, and then at the very end, our tall man breaks through the window and scares Mike. And I was like, okay, now he's in the house. Now it's a now it's a confrontation. We cut away to Jody for literally two seconds and then cut back to Mike, who's now just wandering in a hallway. Tall man's nowhere to be found. It was just really these choppy, hard edits that made it really hard for me to give a shit about this movie. Um, so for me, the editing is really what was the Achilles heel here. If I can be Alexis here for a moment. <laughs> I think the intention, and I agree with you about how you feel about it, but I can uh, separate myself. Like, so the car scene, I think the intention is to like 
help drive that like what's real, what's not. Is he going crazy? Is he seeing things? Like what's really happening? It, it kind of along the same lines as like the dream stuff, like because it, it does just like cut immediately to like everything's fine and he's talking to Jody again. And I think they are trying to do something there. I'm not saying I like what they did, but I do think that was that was kind of the point in a lot of these scenes that I didn't like. They were trying to make an effort. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking really deep into this and I will back this movie up to <laughs> My thing is, do you remember your dreams completely 100% when you wake up or are they choppy? I don't know. I remember a lot of dreams, but of course we all forget some. Yeah, they're all choppy. So that's how I thought of this. If like once I saw the end, I was like, oh, maybe that makes sense that this is a little bit choppy because like when I'm remembering my dream and to me, like once I saw the end, I was like, oh, WTF, this is a dream, is it? Like, and then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this makes sense because it. I feel like, yeah, you're you're kind of missing the full picture and like a, like a huge, like the circle, like the whole circle is incomplete in this movie and there are bits and pieces that you kind of have to put together for yourself. But I feel like in your dreams, like typically at least mine, like I wake up, I'm like, how the fuck did I get there? But I did, like... <laughs> here's my thing about dreams oh and, god and uh i'm not trying to like necessarily say this is all this movie but like ha- you know when you like see somebody that you work with and you're like talking to them and you're at work talking to them and they're like oh man i had this crazy dream last night and you're like cool no one's literally ever cared about another person's dream unless you're literally uh, a person a partner of someone you only care about your significant other's dreams but no one really, else is even and, in that case and you still don't. <laughs> exactly you still don't really care so like when i watch a movie and then at the end it's like and uh they're waking up from a dream we don't really know what was real i'm like i don't want to hear about a dream and i definitely don't want to watch a movie where the whole thing is a dream and that's why I hate it. You're no dream warrior. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to sit here and try to figure out what's real, okay? I would love to add to that counterpoint, Ryan. Um, Alexis, I like that interpretation of it. But for me, it felt like they had a movie that not only were they like making it up as they went along, um, but they kind of got to the end and they were like, well, this is editing is really shitty because we didn't have a lot of resources. So maybe we throw a dream narrative into it and then kind of use it as an excuse so that retroactively, the shitty editing can be, you know, justified. That's how it read to me. The dream and the choppiness also could have worked had there not been moments that was shot like a news segment for your local news where you have Jody or someone speaking with B-roll added on top of it of the plot advancing. God, yes. You don't dream like that. <laughs> you don't dream like the six o'clock news, bro. Are you about to tell me how I dream? I'm saying if you do, you should be doing a different career. <laughs> call somebody. Okay. We've been talking about some best stuff, some worst stuff. And I've mentioned Reggie's hair. What exactly was Reggie in this film? What happened? Balding. That's a great question. <laughs> what was the guitar playing scene? Why did that Ugh. occur? He was trying to be like his friend. That's how they let us know it was a bad movie. That's more of the stuff where it's like these random details. Like they were like, Jody, like, oh yeah, it must be hard for you to come back when with all that stuff that happened. I'm like, what stuff? What is that? Right. What does right. that matter? And then that weird scene, but then he had this like weird, like slicked back, like but also very bald. So like slicked back, but they pulled the hair back too far, you know, like it was just this weird vibe coming from him. He was so strange. Yeah. Was he the friend? Was he like a cousin? I couldn't tell. He was a part of the trio. He was the ice cream man. Yeah. It was, they were trio with Tommy. Yeah. It was really weird. It was weird. And I also, 
oddly enough, thought there was going to be a kiss scene at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Why wasn't there? Definitely felt that weirdness. It was a weird moment in front of the Mm -hmm. fireplace. They didn't even have one of those like cool like 80s manly handshakes where you like grab the forearm and not just the hand like that. (laughs) I feel like they needed that level of of like bromance going on. They needed that brother. We killed him or we got him or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, but we didn't even get that. Yeah. We just got the longing stare into the eyes. I would like to note the song was not that bad for like uh people playing instruments in a movie we've seen some real bad ones and this wasn't that bad and by that you mean it wasn't that long uh yes (laughs) (laughs) that being said at least reggie provided some sort of like almost comic relief for me because maybe it wasn't on purpose but i found his haircut although ridiculous to actually be kind of funny i just like considered his care to be to be comic relief he was like jar jar binks uh, but in a way that you don't necessarily completely hate, if that makes sense. Yeah, he it was it was weird, and then like the ice cream truck thing. It was just like, and then like also, uh, when they see them, when they see him in the city, and he's like opening his truck, and it's like smoky. It's like such an intentional scene. Like, oh, we're gonna have tall men walk in front of the ice ice cream truck, and it'll be smoky. It'll be real spooky. <laughs> and but like, also nobody like addressed that he was there that's true mike pretended like he didn't see him at all it was he wasn't even a part of it even though he's this close to his family i don't know he's just walking in town get some peanut butter you know he gets hungry too mac i actually feel you with reggie kind of being uh sort of a standout in this like even though his hair was 20 years older than everyone else in the movie there was a scene where they finally enter like the i don't know the space room whatever you want to call it um and he's literally the only one reacting like what the fuck is this the other two are just kind of like, okay, we're here. Now what's next? Completely unfazed. And Reggie's in the background like, holy shit, what is this? And I was like, thank you, Reggie, for emoting while you're being filmed. <laughs> so shout outs to him. Also pretty intense him like trying to grip the like straight floor or trying to get out of this room. Oh, that wind sequence. <laughs> the wind tunnel scene. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All those leaves. So much hair blowing. <laughs> for as lackluster as a lot of the characters in this movie were, Reggie was the only one I actually felt for when he died. It's like he he got the girls out of the house. That was like throwaway line. He works to close the gate. He was doing so much despite being late to the party of like what's going on here. And then his last move is he's exited that the funeral home and he's just trying to help one more person. And it's just a bummer that he he went out the way he did. But plot twist he didn't. So who's the fucking say? <laughs> so all your emotions were for nothing. At some point, like, because of how little Jody did, I, for for a second, was like, is he, like, in on this somehow? Like, is he setting up his little brother? That could have been a cool a cool angle for them to go for. Because he did nothing. He just was just abandoning him all the time. What do you mean? He um, pushed those heavy rocks down? <laughs> okay, that's a lot. <laughs> With a rocky fist bump at the end? Oh, God. I really was at that point. How the fuck did those rocks get there? Oh, and they were made up, paper. And then they're there. <laughs> so this movie was originally going to be like three hours long before Ooh. they had a lot of the character development cut out of it, which... Hey, I'm not saying I want a three-hour version of this movie, but I for sure want a different version of this movie, so I wouldn't mind some of that character development, specifically two pieces uh, I have questions about, and I want it answered with those with that footage. One, I want to know why Jody's shirt 
that he's wearing underneath that cool guy jacket has splotches of white and yellow as if it looks like it's been pissed on. <laughs> Second, I want to know what kind of guy Michael is that he has cheetah linens. Oh, I did see that. I was oh. like, interesting. Why is his pillowcase also cheetah? Like, I did not notice. Like, oh product placement? <laughs> I did notice all the Dos Equis ads. It definitely was laundry day, <laughs> for sure. This entire movie is laundry day <laughs> with someone coming over. I really like enjoyed Mike, whether it's cheetah print sheets or not. Like, I mean, I, I really... I, I saw like someone like one, like I said once you saw the fortune teller I feel like you see this new side of him and it's like not someone who's scared but someone who's like okay I'm literally gonna have to stand up and clearly no one's believing me so I'm gonna have to do something about this but it wasn't in such a cheesy way like we've seen in other movies it's like oh, I'm gonna be the you know I'm gonna be the protagonist and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show you I'm the protagonist in this this was just like hey I'm just literally gonna do what i have to do to like save my brother like save somewhat sort of family like i do have and i feel like going back to a dream sequence i feel like you do have those moments in your dreams where you're like all right i i have to not be the victim anymore and i actually have to be like the hero in this and i i i liked him i thought he was kind of quirky like he was cool loved his hair like loved it all like i I have to be careful. I'm not sure how old he is, so I can't be saying love that all, that much. <laughs> he's much older now, I can assure you. Yeah, now he's about 50, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> they should have killed him off in this film, though. Yeah, that would be sick, though. He's obviously the like, one oh that cares, God. that's trying, that's like trying to get everyone riled up. They should have killed him off to make the people around him actually care about what was going on. I, I, I actually would like that. It, it would be a lot more drama to this movie, for sure. Yeah, no one cares that Jody died. Many characters from this movie come back in future movies, so it's like, I don't even feel anything about anyone in this movie. I will say, I do feel like, and I understand where Alexis is coming from, I would watch more of the series if it gets better, right? Like, I, but I can't you judge until you watch it. Yeah. And I can't judge a movie based on it being a prequel and be like, well, well it has good potential. Like, but I, I yeah. will say like whatever is supposed to have happened that I don't understand that happened. It seems like it could be something cool. Like, you know, like, <laughs> so the plot is interesting enough, but not interesting enough to give it a slash. Interesting enough, <laughs> but too troublesome. It had too many issues. It's interesting enough for someone else to do it better later is, is what Ryan's saying. Yeah, but maybe they do, you know, like maybe when they have more money from the first one, the second one gets better. Well, it's interesting because you don't have to pretty much go that far because the newest one is what, 2016? So, yeah, there you go. Well, uh, I can confirm that I'm not going to rewatch this movie. Um, I feel like Mackenzie would. No? You're assuming a lot. I know. I, I like to predict. Okay, so we're we're recording this, right? I saw this movie a month ago and I remember it completely. Okay, because this movie, like, once you watch it, I feel like you're not going to think back to be like, what happened in Phantasm? You don't think you'll, like, pick up one more? I think I could watch movies after this. Okay. But yep. I don't think I would need to re-watch this film. I'm sitting here re-watching scenes in my mind as we're talking in excruciating detail. I'm watching this movie right now. Because there's only, like, five things that happen. <laughs> right, though. That's what, that's what I'm saying, though. I don't think you need to rewatch it if you've seen it. If you're doing like a binge fest, sure, like rewatch it. But I don't like if you've watched it once, you don't need to be like, I don't remember Phantasm at all. Maybe I should go. You're like, all right, 
there's a creepy guy, there's the killer balls, there's the yellow goo that comes out of the finger when he cuts it off, there's the munchkins, you know, from the alien planet or whatever, and none of it makes sense, but somehow it all works, and kind all, of. Somehow is all oddly sexual. Yes, everyone <laughs> in this movie is horny. I don't know why, but they're all very horny. And, you know, somebody died because they hooked up with the tall man. Whatever, that happened. That's the film, and now I can watch the, the sequels. C-Mac, for me, you only get one chance to make a first impression, and this was so unpleasant for me that i will never watch this again i will never watch any of the sequels to this because it would have to be an entirely different movie and you'd have to trick me uh to get me to do so so this is like a really bad date that you've gone on yeah like i'm ghosting this franchise you're not even gonna give them another shot when they've cleaned up their act no absolutely not no capricorns are unforgiving there's billions of people on this planet i'm not gonna waste my time on you have you ever thought about how many movies exist in the world because no one stops making them and none of them ever disappear? Somebody should stop making them. Some of them should. <laughs> I will say, I, I think for as much as I dislike this movie, it does have some level of rewatchability because I did pick up on a little bit more every time. Uh, only two quotes, actually, that I actually thought were worth that third watch. It was ridiculous. It was Jody saying, I just don't get off on funerals, man. They give me the creeps. Ugh. So. The way we say we dislike something in this world is by saying you don't get sexual pleasure from it. That is the way you're, it's said. And then one moment I did enjoy from rewatching it, and it kind of made me smile every time, was this is kind of spooky, isn't it? No, it's exciting. And that felt like a good summary of a lot of my relationships with people who don't like horror. <laughs> I did remember that quote being notable. <laughs> I don't necessarily, th I mean, I think this is a straightforward movie, so I don't think I necessarily need to like rewatch this again. But like, if I was rewatching the entire series, I definitely would put this in the lineup for sure. But we know you love a sequential watch. Yeah. Yes. But I always say that. And now I'm like five five franchises behind. So uh, you're in Final Destination, this, I'm like, yeah, I'm too deep. Don't worry. Halloween's coming up watching movies all night <laughs> while some of you think that this should not be worth a watch and and somehow i despite hacking it do think it's worth a rewatch i do think there's a lot more that you can pick up on and learn but with that being said let's learn some more from factor fiction let's star wars force awakens character captain phasma is named after this movie you love stuff like this so i'm gonna say fact if you don't remember captain phasma has like the shiny armor I'm just going to go fiction literally for no reason. I'm going to say fact because I feel like the demographic of people who like this movie is a Venn, is like a, a close Venn diagram with the people who make Star Wars movies. Very true. Let me also specify that I have I love Star Wars so much that I have a Star Wars tattoo and yet I dislike this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that Venn diagram is, is kind of off, but this is a fact. So J.J. Abrams sees the armor for Captain Phasma and is like, oh, it reminds me of those shiny killer balls in Phantasm, which apparently J.J. Abrams was a huge fan of. The shiny balls? The shiny balls. No, the movie, the you know, oh, Phantasm. Okay. <laughs> and the shiny balls. Who isn't a fan of shiny balls? Let's move on. This film was originally rated X. What's X? Did is X porn? exist? Yeah. <laughs> so it's porn. Fiction. Uh, to put in today's uh, view, it's NC-17. Yeah, it's porn. Um, Okay. Uh, no. Fiction. <laughs> Unless it has deleted scenes, I would be interested in seeing. <laughs> Hello? I mean, Chris did say that there was a lot that was like cut out that was quote-unquote character development, and I can only imagine that was more extreme close-up footage of titties, so I'm going to say this is a fact. This is a fact. Thanks in a good part to the killer metallic ball. 
that scene right there was one of several that helped this thing get an X rating. But an LA Times critic, Charles Champlin, intervened on the film's behalf and the rating was changed. Because obviously, it's barely an R movie. Okay, because, okay, so it's not about the sex, it's about the gore. It's about the pee. It's one of the three, (laughs) but... In the times. Part of what can make a, a rating go up could be like language, it can be gore, it can be sex. There's all sorts of things that can push that rating up. But back then, I guess they thought it was too extreme. If kids were to watch this now, they would probably think this is like, you know, Peppa Pig or something. We all yeah. went instantly to, oh, they had too much cemetery sex. It went <laughs> X-rated. <laughs> and moving right along, the actors portraying the dwarves in the film were unionized and nearly went on strike for better pay. Fact. I'm performing terribly tonight, so I'm going to go for fiction just so I can be wrong again. I'm going to say fiction too. I doubt the union knew that this happened at all. Um, and those are probably somebody's kids. Paris, right on the nose. This is fiction. Oh my God, really? The dwarves were played by children, specifically neighbor children. Growly children. See, that tracks though, because in the 70s, they would have definitely exploited little people and shown them if they were actually a a part of the film top performances go to those children in this movie fun fact though the design for them was out way before the whole like you know ewok thing happened so jawa thing either way ewok or jawa (laughs) however you look at them in this film that that happens second difference i know but they're both they're both kind of little short and in star wars they make weird sounds and they're in star wars very different i am I am channeling the outrage of all the comments I know we're going to get of you being the sci-fi guy calling them fucking Ewoks. <laughs> Look, at they growl at you. I don't know if Jawas growl at you. I know they make all sorts of weird noises and they wear hoods and stuff, but they don't growl. Ewoks growl. All right, Patreon content. We take Mac back through the Star Wars universe. I have seen those films plenty of times. They're still not as good as Star Trek. Anyway, the budget for this film is estimated to be somewhere around like $300,000, but it made nearly $12 million at the box office. Fiction. Fiction on the fact that you make up numbers. Yes. Fiction on the fact that this movie should not have made any money, and I refuse to believe it did. Well, refuse all you want. It's a fact. Ew. I'm surprised they spent $300,000. Yeah, where? (laughs) Movies are expensive to make. I know, but this one seems like they cut the corners. If you made a documentary about people, like, literally, like, eating shoe leather, it would be, like, a million dollars today. Yeah, well, not if you, you know, do it yourself. Even if you did it yourself, the budget for making a, like an indie film or documentary is so high that you can't just like take your phone out and just go make a movie and have it be any like decent kind of film. I mean, host. But this wasn't a decent kind of film. Okay, first off, don't tell me what I can and can't do. Okay, you're not my real dad. And also, I feel like things were different in 1979. I feel like you could make a film for a few thousand dollars (laughs) and it might look like this aside from the marble mausoleum. I feel like The Hills Have Eyes wasn't this much either. Well, let's talk about making films. Because we've already talked about the fact that this film was made with the help of friends and family in some ways and neighbors, apparently. Don Coscarelli used his own parents as extras in this film. Ah, the grandma. Uh, Too bad I don't know what he looks like. I'm going fact. Fact. I'm thinking the tall man was probably his dad. Fact. All right. So this is a fact because uh, he did use his own parents, but he also used Reggie's parents in this film. And so if you remember at the like the wake scene and there's like some other people in there, well, you got to fill those pews somehow. So they used their own parents. So, you know, this really does actually, I had this feeling and I was like, they just put uh, Reggie in the town with ice cream truck for fun, like because they needed a human in town. And it is that that's exactly what happened. They didn't want to pay anyone else. They were already paying him. So they just put him in every scene they could to fill space and family members, evidently. Another fun fact, Reggie is actually friends with Don. Don Coscarelli 
and Reggie Bannister were friends in real life. So it's kind of interesting that he ended up uh, being a star in one of his films and then continuing into the franchise, maybe question mark. It's also really interesting because while he used his parents as extras, his mom actually did a lot of the special effects artwork uh, for the movie, including that fucking terrible fly. Well, if a mom did it, now I feel bad. Hey, wait, that's like having your parents do your volcano project for, for the science fair. She did do a good job in most other things, though. And there you have it, folks. Phantasm from 1979, despite ranking so well in other places, has earned three hacks and two slashes. Real quick, I just want to let you know where this movie ranked. Entertainment Weekly ranked this as the 17th scariest film of all time. What? The film was rated number 25 on Bravo's list of the 100 scariest movie moments. It placed number 75 in Time Out London's 100 Best Horror Films. Joe Bob Briggs himself from The Last Drive-In listed it at number 20 in his 25 scariest DVDs ever list. And UGO placed the film at number 7 out of 11 in its top terrifying supernatural moments list. I don't know where any of that's coming from, but it did it. <laughs> um, everyone in Hollywood does cocaine and none of that matters. Thank you. Once again, despite all the fame, despite how well it's done for everybody else, it did earn three hacks with us. So majority rules this movie is a hack, even though Alexis and Mac will defend it well. And while we cer- certainly have had a invigorating conversation here it doesn't end here by any means we want to know what you think now keep in mind there are a number of ways to reach out to us starting with our website hackerslash.com and our social media accounts on facebook instagram and twitter you can also hit us up at the hacker slash hotline you can text us call us leave us a voicemail or an audio message our number is 757-606-0128 or you can send us an email from the comfort of your own mausoleum to feedback at hackerslash.com And if you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, consider becoming one of our patrons. You can visit patreon.com slash hacker slash and earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month, including some exciting new content coming in October. That's called a teaser. We'll see you next time. Bye.